Chapter 1 37.2841 degrees north, 108.7787 degrees west. September 12, 2000, a stretch of interstate highway winding along the base of the Ute Mountain Range near the Colorado-New Mexico border a little after 4 p.m. In a panoramic splash of pine trees and puffs of falling snow, flashes of brilliant sunlight reflected off the cap of Ute Peak, the sleeping mountain high above, and then a beat-up RV lumbered into view. Over the rumble of the camper's engines rose the off-key tenor of an all-American family sing-along. Chuck Zukowski was at the wheel of the 24-foot Winnebago Warrior Class A, both hands tapping out the rhythm of Sweet Home Alabama on the thick vinyl of the steering wheel cover. Early forties, sandy-haired, fit, Chuck was smiling as he navigated the camper down the serpentine asphalt. His three kids were in the back, one girl and two boys, and his wife Tammy, a pretty brunette, was up front, joining Chuck in keeping the beat with her fingers against the dash. From the lines beneath Chuck's blue eyes, it was obvious that they'd been driving for quite some time, but there was enough vivid scenery flashing by outside to keep even the youngest kid from getting bored. This sort of road trip was something the Zukowski clan enjoyed. In fact, when Chuck finally spotted the small ranch-style motel along the highway, coinciding with the notice from the dulcet tone of the RV's audio GPS, he was almost reluctant to pull in for the night. After parking the RV in the empty motel lot, Chuck grabbed a pair of room keys from the lobby manager, and the Zukowski family settled into two adjoining rooms overlooking a tarp-covered pool. The kids went straight for the TV in their room, after a quick dinner, microwaved to perfection in the RV, but next door, Tammy headed for the bed and sank into it with a tattered paperback, exhausted from the long day in the camper. A few hours later, the kids finally let the TV get some rest, and Chuck closed the door between the two rooms. The sun was long gone outside, the view of the shuttered pool replaced by an inky blackness, broken only by the occasional flare of neon from the vacancy sign hanging above the motel lobby. Tammy was still digging into the paperback, but Chuck could tell she was down for the night. He ran his fingers through her hair and then told her he was going out for a short walk. Barely looking up from the book, she asked him to get some ice from the machine on his way back. He took the ice bucket from the mantle by the door and headed out to the parking lot. Opening the back of the RV, he leaned into a 4x4 storage compartment and reached toward a locked strongbox affixed to one wall. With a jangle of keys, he pried open the box and exchanged the ice bucket, which he would fill when he returned to the Winnebago, for his equipment, a three-pound police flashlight, a video recorder, an EMF counter, and three rectangular batteries. Then he reached for the leather holster hanging from a hook at the back of the box and removed his forty caliber Glock from it before checking the cartridges and strapping it to his waist. By the time he exited the RV, snow had started to fall again, but even so, he could see the headlights snaking toward him down the desolate highway. Two hours later, Chuck was breathing hard as he burst through the last line of thick pines into a clearing following his two companions, an athletic man, mid-thirties, sporting a ponytail and dressed in a thick hunting jacket with a machete slung over one shoulder, and a thin, slightly older woman struggling along in a bulky snowsuit and too many scarves. Tufts of low grass covered in snow punctuated the field of icy gravel. The three of them were now at least 8,000 feet up, high enough to feel the altitude. The other man, Joe Fex, 
part Native American, a rugged outdoorsman reared on the ranches that pockmarked this corner of the country, was barely sweating as he began setting up their makeshift campsite, raising a canvas tent to protect their equipment. But the woman was trembling from exhaustion and certainly fear. Chuck had no worries about Fex. The big man was an old friend and had accompanied Chuck on many similar excursions over the years. But the woman was a wild card. Chuck had met her over the internet not two weeks earlier, and the drive over to the base of this hike was the longest time Chuck had spent with her in person. Chuck would have been much happier if they could have left her behind, but it was her information that had brought them to this spot. According to her website, she was supposed to be some sort of psychic. Chuck wasn't the type to judge anyone, for all he knew she had a cemetery full of dead people on speed dial. More likely, she was batshit crazy, but it didn't really matter. As usual, Chuck had done his research. The psychic...